Welcome to Mill Creek Church in Belleville, Texas, where our worship service is in progress. Today, Pastor Monty Bird continues with his sermon series on the Book of Romans. And now, Pastor Bird. Join me in prayer, please. Father, as we come to your word this morning in Romans 8, we just thank you, Lord, for your truth that we found in this letter to the Church of Rome. We thank you, Lord, that we can take it and we can apply it to our lives. And I just pray, Lord, that we would all rest in this truth, that we'd rely on it and live by it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are about to complete Romans chapter 8. But Romans 8, 37 through 39 is a wonderful group of verses. I have personally been comforted by the verses that I'm about to read, both on an individual basis But I've also used these verses as a minister to comfort others. They're a wonderful group of verses, and I know that they're going to be familiar to you. And so turn with me in your Bibles as we look at those, Romans 8, 37 through 39, where Paul wrote, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And while these verses are great as standalone verses, they're really wonderful if you put them in context. Not only in what Paul just wrote, but going back a little bit further in Romans chapter 8. And I want to do that because they are the apex of the thought of the entire chapter. And in fact, if you look at midway, I guess, or three quarters of the way, in Romans eight twenty-eight, the verses that we're probably most familiar with in the chapter, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, we come to the truth that we do not believe in a theoretical salvation, or one of just thought, to where we just acknowledge the existence of God. But Christianity is an active faith. We believe in an active God, in an active faith, an active salvation, one that we don't just go out and get our ticket to heaven, but the moment that we meet God, we come to the realization that God is at work in our life, in all things, both good and bad. And if we are active in our faith, if we walk according to the truth of Jesus Christ, if we make 
a stand in the marketplace of ideas and in society, if we make a stand for Christ, you are going to go through trials and tribulations and you come to the realization that God uses all things, both good and bad, to mold us and shape us into his image. It's the sanctification process. And with that realization, we have to look at what Paul says in verse 31. He goes, what shall we say to these things? In other words, what shall we say to an active faith in which we endure trials, tribulations, and perhaps persecutions? And he, he answers by posing five questions that we've already studied. If God is for us, who can be against us? Question two, how shall he not with him, referring to Christ, also freely give us all things? Question number three, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Question number four, who is he who contemns? Question number five, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? John Stott says these are unanswerable questions because there's nothing, there's nothing that can separate us from God. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are joined with him for eternity. And as Paul concluded those five questions in referring to the idea that we would suffer for our faith, he wrote in Romans eight thirty six, for your sake, referring to God's sake, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And I want to point out something as we approach our focal passage. I want to contrast those. In verse 36, he says, for your sake, we are killed all day long. That's the ultimate trial, right? It's the ultimate tribulation is for those that face martyrdom. And after he says that, In verse 37, he goes right into verse 37. He says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I want to quote Vernon McGee in what he said on this particular transition. From going from, for your sake, we are killed all day long to now we are more than conquerors. Vernon McGee said this, how can a sheep for the slaughter be more than a conqueror? This is a wonderful paradox of the Christian faith. It's only through God that we can go from trial and tribulation to conquer. And it reminds me, as we read those verses, read verse 37, it says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. How? Through Him. Through Him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through Him. And it reminds me of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, which points to the fact that we are joined with Christ and we are living with Christ. 2 Timothy 2, verse 11 says this, This is a faithful saying, For if we died with Him, 
we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. What Paul is telling Timothy is, is that our life, our endurance, our perseverance, our view of life is all with Christ. As we walk in faith, our world, our view, how we approach things is all changed through the transformative power of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul can write in verse 37 of chapter 8, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. It's all about Christ. Our victory is not in our own morality or our own intellect. Our victory is solely through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why in John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Nothing. Our victory, our fruitfulness, the fact that we are conquerors is all tied in the Lord Jesus Christ as we abide with Him. I think one of the most concerning things that I have witnessed over the last nearly 25 years of ministry is seeing people come and make a profession of faith and they get all excited and then they fall away. They don't endure. We shouldn't be surprised about that because we can only be conquerors if we are in Christ. And there are people that unfortunately make false professions of faith. They want something out of God. They want something from God. But they don't give themselves to God. It's a false profession. And in Mark chapter 4, as Christ explained the parable of the sower, he described false professors, those who would not endure, those who would not walk through trials, who would not walk through tribulations. And if you look at the fourth chapter of Mark, verse 16, as Christ explained the parable, he said, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises from the word's sake, immediately they stumble. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. 
People get excited. They make a false profession of faith. And then they'll go out. They'll proclaim that profession. In the moment that they experience a trial or a tribulation, based upon their Christianity, their professed Christianity, they stumble. It's not a real faith because it's a faith that they've devised. It's not a faith that comes from the Lord. A false believer doesn't endure. A true believer endures because they are conquerors. Paul addressed this earlier in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Look at what he says in the 18th verse, which we've already studied, but it's appropriate for our message this morning. He said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let me read that again. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Later on in verse 25, he says, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. In other words, Paul said here in Romans 8 that while you are going to endure suffering, trials, tribulations for your belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, you as a believer will endure. You'll endure. And I think this is a very appropriate message for the world in which we live today. Because we can see globally where Christianity and Christian thoughts and Christian morals are coming under attack. You just got to turn on the TV. People hate Christ and they hate Christianity. And we're fooling ourselves if we feel like that we're going to live in a time like we lived in the last century. The last century here in the United States. You didn't suffer for Christianity. It was the prevailing thought for most of the century. That's not the case anymore. That's not the case. And in fact, people really don't know what Christianity is about at this point in time. They don't really understand who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and what we believe. You can just read it in polls. When people have a gross misunderstanding of what it means to be a believer. And as the Lord told us, that as we approach the end of times, that persecution, trials, and tribulations would increase, we need to be prepared for it. Because I don't know about you, but I believe we're in it. I believe we're in the end of times. And as we are in the end of times, there will come a time where we have to stand for our faith 
and endure the trials and tribulations. And as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we should be able to voice what Paul voiced in the 18th verse of Romans 8. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, our focus, our hope is with Christ. And because of that, we endure. We have a Christ-centered life. We are conquerors because we are in Christ. How much so? Look back at our focal passage, Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor Things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. We're conquerors. We're overcomers. That's what the Bible says. We're overcomers. How much so? Well, we conquer death. Think about this. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, I have for nearly 25 years, I have preached lost people's funerals, which I will gladly do because I get to share the message of Jesus Christ. And I've preached believers' funerals. You know what the difference is? A believer funeral, death is a plus. Death is a plus. You want to separate believers and unbelievers? Just go to a funeral and hear the words that are spoken in a non-believer's funeral. You can see it in obituaries. As I've self-confessed before, I am an avid obituary reader. And I'll tell you, you can tell in the obituary whether somebody's a believer or not. In fact, I found out yesterday, just by happenstance, and I've shared my testimony before with a Sunday school teacher when I was in college. He made a dramatic impact in my life. And I found out that he had died last summer. Pulled up the obituary. What did I read? He was... A deacon at the church that I was a member of. He was a Sunday school teacher. He, he was active in the faith. That is what he wanted to be remembered by. Him and his family wanted to be remembered by his walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Pull up somebody else's. They like to fish. They like to golf. They like to do this. They like to do that. And unfortunately now you read that and then you get to the end and the other thing that is so noticeable is the absence of a minister to stand over them and proclaim the truth. That is sad. Society is in the process of removing the Christian faith from every single aspect of their lives. We've removed it from marriages. We've removed it from funerals. We've removed it from births. 
We have removed it from every single important thing. They get rid of Christ because they don't want to be reminded of their sin all the way to the casket. Not so with death for the believer. For the believer, death is a plus. 2 Corinthians 5, 6. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, we are well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I remember when I was young, I'd have old timers in church get up and say, man, they just couldn't wait till God called them home. And they were in heaven. And I remember as a teenager, I used to sit there and think, well, I'm not ready for that. I got things I want to do, places I want to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. As you look into the world in which we live, as it grows more and more wrought with sin, it makes you ready. Paul wrote in Philippians 1, For I know this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And to die is gain. Why is that? Because the believer conquers death through Jesus Christ. It was conquered at the cross. And our faith in Jesus Christ allows us to conquer death because we know that we are in His family and Christ is the firstborn of the resurrection. We conquer it. And I have stood over the deathbed of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and they've looked at me and they said, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I've never had a lost person tell me that. Never have. Safe person has. I'm ready. I'm ready to see Jesus. I'm ready to meet the rest of my family that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. A believer conquers death. A believer also conquers principalities. That's what he said in Romans 8, that we would conquer principalities. Paul would also write the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We conquer principalities. We conquer sin. The Bible tells us that we can overcome any temptation Because of the power of the indwelling of the Spirit. We're conquerors. Now the world views us as weak. The world views Christians as weak. But that's not the case. The Christian conquers. The Christian overcomes. 
I think it's unfortunate that a prevailing thought within the Christian community is that we come within the congregation, and as one of my friends told me one time, we form a holy huddle. We look inward. We all come together on Sunday, and we all talk about how bad things are. But we don't go out and share the victory that one can have with the Lord Jesus Christ. We become afraid. We're afraid of today. We're afraid of tomorrow because of what we witness. But here in Romans 8, Paul tells us that we overcome things present nor things to come. Today and tomorrow. We conquer. We conquer. My friends, the victory's already won. The victory was won at the cross. And we can have confidence that no matter what today brings, nor tomorrow, that we're going to overcome. And in fact, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, he said, For this reason I also suffer these things. There, there you see it again. Daily suffering. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he, referring to Jesus Christ, is able to keep what I have committed until that day. In other words, the Lord's going to complete us. He's going to finish the job. No matter what we face today, no matter what we face tomorrow, we can be confident that we will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ face to face and see Him as He is. That we're going to be welcomed into the family of God in the heavenly realm. That we will stand before His throne and be accepted without shame because of the blood of Jesus Christ and what He's done for us. We will conquer no matter what. No matter what we face, no matter what we endure, no matter what the trial is, no matter what the tribulation is, we will conquer. Which is why in verse 39 he has this summary. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, we're conquerors. The world will try to tell you that living a Christian life is a life of failure. It's a life of victory. It is a life of victory. And as we conclude Romans chapter 8, I'd like to kind of give you just a very brief summary. Romans chapter 8 is the best chapter for the believer to look and read and study and remind ourselves that we are living in active faith. If you're looking at your Christianity as this ticket in your pocket that's not going to be exercised until you get to heaven, and that's all it is, my friends, you're missing so much more. 
Because we need to recognize that he redeemed us so that we can be active in our faith. Christianity is about an active faith that we exercise every single day. And in fact, Romans 8, 5 says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit... Christ transforms us to be spiritually minded. And in that, in that walk, yes, we'll experience trials, we'll experience tribulation. Our life will be reset and reordered to the things of God. But we have an eternal hope that we conquer all things through the power of Jesus Christ. Join me in prayer, please. Our Father, we just thank you that we have victory through Christ. And that victory, we know, is not through our own morality, our own intellect, our own will. It is through the power of Jesus Christ and the cross and the resurrection I just pray, Lord, that we might realize that we were saved for a purpose. We're to walk daily in your truth. And we should proclaim that truth to a world who does not know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us as Pastor Bird continues this sermon series. If you wish to hear more, you may find him at millcreekchurch.org or go to sermonaudio.com slash millcreekchurch. Prayer requests may also be left at millcreekchurch.org. Our church services are as follows. Sunday morning Bible study is at 9 a.m., followed by our worship service at 10 a.m. We have Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study, and they are at 6.30 p.m., For more information and our mission statement, please visit our website, millcreekchurch.org.